0: The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio is speaking. Good afternoon. Welcome to New. Good to see you guys. Thank you for braving the conditions and the holiday weekend. Um, I don't have air conditioning in my truck, and uh, some of you don't, and most of the year I can deal with that pretty well with the windows down, but in fact, a lot of times when you see me here with my hat on, it's not because I'm just like pushing a casual vibe, it's because my hair got destroyed on the way over, because it's just like my cab in my truck, it's just crazy in there, but it starts to bother me during these times of year, right, when you, when something comes up that you can usually deal with, but it sort of crosses the threshold. I was out today, we have fans in our house, we're out today, like, we, we, last night was just miserable, sweating hot, tossing and turning, trying to find different places of the house, you know, like, just blaming the other bodies in the house, like, someone has to leave, you're creating too much heat, you must go, you know, kick out the dog first, and, um, but so today, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go see if there's anything, anything I could buy to help with this situation and, and go out to fries, and sold out, uh, except for some, like, really expensive things. And there's all these other people like me who thought they can hang on and persevere, but we're all kind of, like, in a line around the store looking for the last fan and go to Home Depot and Walmart. And sure enough, people are just out. There's just sort of been a run on this, on this thing. Uh, and it's so you know we're gonna get through it. Probably by tomorrow it'll cool back down. But those things in our sort of situations, whether it's the heat or life, sometimes you don't you don't think about it until it comes up, right? So it gets uncomfortable for you. And so we're looking at this this story of the early church and the formation of the church, and it's being built around prayer and family. And community and tables, and we'll we'll read a little bit about that. But what's happening here is we kind of look on because we know some of this story is like it's going to get very uncomfortable for the church. It's going to get very, very uncomfortable for the first century church. And so at the formation of it, there's some things being instilled, some values here that are hopefully going to prepare them for those nights when it's just really uncomfortable, when it gets hot. And so you're not kind of scrambling or running, right? I think you've all kind of been there. You get sick. or Your stomach's going off. And you're like, don't we have any Pepto-Bismol? i like, no, you know. And some people have that. You're better prepared at that. And some people have to kind of go run into it in the moment. But it's nice if you have those things built in a little bit. You kind of anticipate. There's people around you. You have the medicine. You have the fans and you can move on. So I'm going to read this uh, out of Acts 2. I'll make some comments. We're going to close off with another song or two in a bit, and we'll do some communion, so it uh, should be sweet. Uh, Acts 2.40, we touched on this last week, but it went like this. <clears throat> Peter had preached this, this sermon uh, to, uh, to thousands of people, thousands of people around this thing. We're, we're imagining it probably around the temple courts, the temple stairs, it's a very busy time in Jerusalem, at Pentecost, as people were in for a festival, and all these people are there. Peter preaches, the Holy Spirit falls, and it goes like this. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his mes- message were baptized, and 3,000 were added to their number that day. So there's this massive movement, massive start to this movement. These people are hearing the words, they hear the truth. They're getting baptized probably right there in the temple courts and some of their pools, and, and, this, and the church is born. Now, it said some of them who heard accepted. So, even in this situation, with the Holy Spirit falling and Peter preaching a message, still not everybody bought in. Not everyone even bought in. And that's, that is a little bit of the story, story of God as we kind of see it, see it move forward. There's people who still, hard hearts, they resist. And so we, so we pick up what happens, then. What do we do with all these people? How do the apostles lead these people? And the end of Acts wraps up this way. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. So we begin to see a picture of this early church. And we look at it here... I love this passage. I think there's so much here for us in this sort of ancient world casting vision for us. It's not as specific as as some visions can be. It's more a way of life. If you as a church live this way, you'll be prepared for for what's to come, and and you'll be prepared to be used as Christ, as we we learn about, builds his church. I was uh, going to uh, our our guys group this week and going down the freeway, and I thought I heard a little thud, and I kind of like you know, look out my window a little bit, because it's down, and, and just kind of cruise on, things like things are okay, uh, go up to Josh's house, who was hosting group up, up on kind of West End Ventura, and pull up at his house, I'm like, what is that noise in my car? It was like a, as I slowed down a little bit of that sort of thud, thud I looked, but the tire looked okay, get out, check out the, the rear tire, and there's this massive like, spike in the rear tire, and I get just hear it going, like a real slow leak, which I'm grateful for, because I didn't have to pull over on the freeway and deal with that. And it was still, like, pretty firm. I was like, this is something I'm going to have to deal with before the end of the night. And, I, and for me, when I get in these situations, like, oh, my gosh. Like, how am I going to deal with this in light of I have to be at this other thing with these guys? And, like, do I just wait to the end of the group and just kind of deal with it myself? Do I just, you know, text AAA while I'm in there and hope it kind of gets fixed while I'm, you know, hey, I got to use the restroom and take care of it. Or, you know, I get in there, hey, guys, I, I ran over something on the way over. My car is going to be flat. And, you know, there's probably six or so guys around. Like, oh, well, just check it out, go out there. And and what was great about this crew and what's nice about having people around you, even though I was like, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with this now because I don't want to burden the group. I don't want to have to go deal with my truck while we're supposed to, you know, unlimited time for us to start, start our study. And I was like, you know what? Let's just take care of it now. Josh like, I got a compressor. Let's find the jack. Let's get out the, you know, get out the tire. Let's deal with your truck right now. And so there was like six or seven guys changing a spare tire like two or three of us were working and another few were like drinking beer so it was sort of you know and Brett wasn't and Brett was supervising and but but it was a cool sort of just that moment and at the end of the day, end of the, day the tire goes back in we're a little dirty and we wash our hands and, and, and go to the study but what's nice about having community around you and we talk about the church when they said we had all things in common now it, it's very easy to sort of run with sort of a, a, um, a communist to take they had all things in common they just no one owned anything. Everything was just in a pool, and they kind of took whatever they wanted. That's not exactly the situation that was happening here. This word for common, or koinos, what they had in common was this connection to one another's stories in their situation. And for us, when we talk about what we have in common, because this is a core value of our church, is, is this koinos kind of community, or koinonia, uh, for the word for fellowship. is so that we share these things in common, it's, it's not just stuff, but it's situations, It's situation. So whatever's going on in your life, that you would have people around you to share that situation. Now, sometimes that's that's an awesome situation. Maybe that's something you're celebrating, a birthday party, a marriage, a a promotion, something to talk about. There's people, oh, man, in common, we're going to celebrate and enjoy this season of life for you. But when other things happen, when you run over something on the freeway or, or something worse, it's also the function of the church to share those situations as well, to share that in common, Shared everything in common, coin us. So when something goes down, there's people say, you know what, we're gonna take care of this now. And for me, I, I, and some of you have you wrestle with this in different ways. So for me, I'm not afraid to ask for help if I need it. I, but I prefer not to. But I also, I prefer to not burden people with my stuff. And 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 that's Some people burden others with their stuff too much, but some of us, we need to be more comfortable. Like it's okay, bring your stuff to the group. That is part of the common, that's part of what we share here. And for this early church trying to figure things out, questions about life and practice and religion and theology and what they're supposed to do, because they're now all of a sudden hanging out in Jerusalem and they've got this new life, figuring out the common that's connected to one another. And as we build, I, I read this great quote this this week from uh, William Butler Yeats, says, there's no strangers here, only friends you haven't met yet. And I love that sort of word, even for, for our church, like, there's no strangers here, just friends you haven't yet met yet. And I really believe that. And I believe that because we need these situations. We need, these, we need people. We need this gathering. We need tables. We need to get together because we need one another to, to move through life. I, I, I can't imagine how, what that would feel sort of without that. And there are a lot of lonely people in the world who don't know who that call is to, who don't know well, you know if something goes down in their marriage or on the side of the road, where do I go with that? This is a built-in sort of safety net that God is programming early on here around 33 AD. saying this is the way you guys should start to practice your life because it's going to benefit you down the road. So you've got all these people. If you can picture a situation, 3,000 plus, because their numbers are being added to that day. And the, and the apostles are trying to figure this thing out. They're learning from them. They're getting together. And this is like the chur- first church conference. This is church con, like 33 AD. It's this, it's this situation where we're learning all this stuff rapidly about how we do life together. And just as it is with conferences, those of you who've been to church conferences or any other kind of conference, tech or business, they're exciting, they're fun. You learn a lot of new stuff. That's not, always, that's not necessarily real life. Because at some point, you have to go back to where your life is and practice it there. Same as we'll see here with with the church. This wasn't meant to stay like this forever. There was this incubation period of the church learning these simple, basic practices. And then we'll see later on in Acts, there's this disbursement. Everyone's got to get on their way and kind of go back to where they came from. How do you contextualize what we did back then? You know, what we did in Jerusalem, we did a lot of this. We did a lot of prayer together. We broke bread in homes, and we cared for one another. We shared stuff in common. And so for you and I, and I love this sort of idea for us as a church, and one of the things I, I, I love about this is if you've been here for any number of, of months or, or, or a year, there's a good chance you've been in someone else's home, and if you haven't been, you've certainly been invited to someone else's home. And that becomes a sort of core practice for us of hospitality. We welcome one another into your home. If you're here today and you're brand new, man, you're welcome. We have a women's dinner coming up in a couple of weeks. You're welcome in a home. We've got a guys group in a home in, in just another couple of weeks as well. That's just this practice that we're forming because there's intimacy around that, and we see that in this sort of early church. And some of us have great community, and I, and I hope you find that here or growing in that. There's so many people missing that who don't know who their friends are, don't even know where to begin to look for friends or thought you had friends, and then it's like, you know, you got to pack up and move your house, and like, who do I call on a Saturday who's going to show up and move my stuff? Right? And that's the kind of crew here. Some of us are, you know, Seth's laughing. We've been there for one another And I've been in storage units moving pianos and people moving my stuff and heavy things. Like, that's what you do. When you get that text, hey, can anyone help me move my piano (laughs) early on Saturday morning? Like, no one really wants to do that. (laughs) But you don't think about it. Like, I'm going to do that. That becomes because we're sharing this in common. That is common life. We we do those things for one another. And it takes off the table, like, do I feel like it or not feel like it? Do I want to? Like, you do it. You break down and do it, and there's this, there's, they're molding this within this sort of early church, that you need one another. We need, and, the, and the value of the community is, right? we all bring value to the community, and the community brings value to each of us. It's this mutual beneficial shaping that's going on as we share life with one another, as we go through stuff with one another, as we move pianos and, and have marriages and, and divorces and, and, and kids and, and loss. It shapes us into this, into this, into this community. So back to this word sort of koinos, because I, I, I kind of found this out, reading this this week, I was just reading more about this idea. When they say all believers were together, they had everything in common, the word, word koinos, and, and fellowship is koinonia, so it's sort of the same thing. And, and the word, for, word koinonia, we don't really have a great word for that in our English language. Someone made up fellowship along the way at some point. Like no one else really uses fellowship, have you ever noticed that? It's not even really a real word, like we've kind of created this word, because there's not a great word for koinonia, because koinonia is not just... F- friendship it's it's a very deep intimate koinos in common it's actually closer probably to marriage than it would be to sort of fellowship friendship we have fellowship here in the church like the fellowship hall fellowship is making friendly conversation over donuts like we're gonna go fellowshipping. like koinonia is is deep rooted common shared life kind of communion Again, closer to almost what a marriage would be than just sort of a casual friendship or hanging out and you know, shooting the breeze after service. And so the formation of the church here, this koinos, this in common, this koinonia, is, is, is deeply rooted. And the Jewish people of that day, the Jewish religious leaders, when they talked about koinos, it was kind of like a dirty word. It was like the commoners, it was what they would talk about Gentiles or fallen Jews, people who've fallen, fallen away from the practice. So we kind of celebrate out Koinonia Fellowship. The Jewish religious leaders of the time were like, man, Koinos is bad. What they're doing is, is bad because they're, they're welcoming all these new people, and there's this broader sense of belonging. And I think if our mission, as we talk about these things here, as we kind of explore mission, is to make disciples. We, just, we have Jesus' mission already, so we don't really have to make up our own mission. We have a mission, we can contextualize that and give it different language. But discipleship is always preceded by belonging, and that's what's happening here with this in common, this coin on If you're going to go make disciples of people, man, you, you let them belong. You start to share life in common because that's when discipleship happens. When you know such and such car breaks down, or so and so's life's falling apart, things begin to happen. That's, that's sort of our discipleship ship model. Uh, the other element here is sort of sharing. They shared they shared all their stuff, and they gave all the possessions to anyone who had need. And I love this, even some would sell their property. They sold their property so that we can meet these needs. And you can imagine this sort of pop-up church of the time of you know 3,000 people showing up in this city, they don't, they're, they're from other places, they, have, they don't have all their stuff, and they're trying to care for one another. Very quickly, this becomes a very real issue of sharing. And some people with plenty share with those who didn't. We'll see later on, they, they care very much for the, for the widow and the orphan and widow. How do we care for these people in this time? but it was sort of second nature. Like, we have stuff to care for you. And I think in our life, in our sort of American sort of Western culture, sharing sort of starts to fall off after maybe kindergarten, kindergarten, or siblings when you have to share like we don't think about it sharing now maybe some things in the context of the church and I think some people here are incredibly generous actually there's been days when people bring all kinds of things just to share at our tables the uh, is bringing uh, plants and strawberries and, and I love that so this is what I have let me bring this to share but we kind of live in a world where you have all your own stuff and we don't share things as as readily as maybe the early church thought about that like how do we pool our resources I've had a, uh, been blessed by so many of you guys, even in the past uh, few weeks redoing the floor of my house. I, I don't, I don't have a chop saw. I don't have a table saw. I didn't have wood floor, and it all came from this from this community, particularly from a couple people who were just generous with their stuff. Like I have that, you get it. Now when I go to Home Depot and I say I need a couple things, I'm like, well I should, maybe I could rent a table saw. I could run one for 50 bucks a day. Then I go down the aisle where I see I can buy a new one for like 169 Like, ooh, I could just buy a new one for myself. Like, I'll just buy that because I need a table saw. Like, you know, never. And, but we get sucked into those moments, right? Like, I have to have this thing. We have to have all our own belongings. And I'm grateful for those of you who have lots of stuff because I've, been, I've benefited from that. I've had to be able to borrow some of those things, and if you have that stuff, be generous with it. That's fantastic. We need those in our community. We need the people who have extra properties who are selling it and pouring it into others. But for the rest of us, if we can do some of that in common, that koinos, like, oh, you know what? Maybe I don't have to buy a chop saw. Maybe I don't have to buy a, a wet tile saw because I'm doing my bathroom. I could borrow it because I know a tile guy. And that just saves all kinds of money for who knows what else. It releases so much effort in the kingdom. But in the context of sort of Western culture, we're kind of, we looked at a few weeks ago, this sort of identity is based on our stuff. Like, the more stuff, the better you are. And so it's hard for that. And there's a pushback early on with these people, because they didn't have that much to begin with. We're going to share with one another in common. We're going to share life, and we're going to share our belongings and make sure everyone's taken care of. When there's orf- or widows and orphans coming to the table and need to be bussed, like, we're going to make sure they're taken care of. And so I love that. I've been just considering that sort of koinos. Hospitality for us, I think, is becoming one of those elements that we lean on to. A few weeks ago, we talked about this church. Like, what is it? Like, it's coming up out of the ground. We're watching it as it grows. But hospitality is a sweet spot. And so if I'm able to talk about some things, vision and kind of some sneak peek ideas, and, and this is all stuff to be praying about. If we do hospitality in our homes, and we can serve a certain amount of people there, and I, and I look at this property, I think, man, how can we use this property that's not ours today, or may never be? But how do we use this property to care for the people in this neighborhood through hospitality? And how do we do something in that back with that? There's a there's a playground in the back that's kind of run down. Could that be a community park? Could there be a community garden on the side? This this Thanksgiving, uh, I was talking with Roger Thompson this week and just going back and forth on some ideas and so I think we're going to do this Thanksgiving that I'm super excited about is the Sunday before Thanksgiving uh, we want to do a Friendsgiving sort of service here and so we won't necessarily meet in here we're going to set up a row of five six seven picnic tables out on the lawn and just do a big table of people and and sit down and give thanks and break bread and I think in that instance that is that is the picture that I would want for the church and, and I would love to leave the tables up here all year long. If the tables can sit here and people can come and eat and, and come and go, that'd be great. I don't know if that can happen yet, but it's a picture of sort of hospitality and communion and commonness that we do in our homes. And how, do we, how do we express that in the, in, the, in the greater sort of city? How do we express koinonia to people who don't have it? I've uh, been following the... Uh, Houston's story like many of us have and and by the way our our church you guys have made some donations to Houston through some really fantastic organizations Uh, at this point it's just best to send money to those people versus you know boxing up all your old clothes and sending them to Texas we have people on the ground over there and uh, generosity is great but they the first responders are working hard to kind of knock out some things right now so we're supporting that and we're watching that story and keeping up with some friends over there. And if at some point down, down the line, a month or two, when the news leaves and everything sort of goes away, we're going we're gonna to make sure that someone's still taking care of people. And if that means some of us getting in a truck and going down there and cleaning out mud and rebuilding a home, we'll do that. But there's an element that you see nationwide of this sort of koinos idea. When things like this happen, people rally for a cause. It's in our, in our design. We care about one another. Now, you could put on the news every given night, and you may see the contrary, but I believe because if we're we're created in the image of our God, there's something that awakens in us when we see other people hurting that we want to help on a national scale. And the church, if anything, should be a representation of that. I noticed this week Airbnb, uh, which is sort of peer-to-peer vacation rental rooms and houses, uh, and they open up their site with all these rooms and houses for $0 that people can use. So if you are in the area and people need a house, you can, you can put up a room. You can put up your home. I'm going to charge you nothing. Someone can go online like, oh, my gosh, my house is gone. Someone's like, hey, I got an extra house. Take mine. And, man, that is the church. Right? That is a church picture. I don't know who these people are. Maybe they're just do-gooders. But, man, it is, it is God moving through people toward hospitality and, and this sort of coin us idea. We're going to look a little bit next week. I think I'll, I'll hold. I'm going to have uh, Anna come up in just a minute. We'll talk about communion. But I think if, if, if anything, if we're able to learn about this sort of community, how we do community, there's this how, we, how we're represented to the world. A quote from Francis Schaefer that goes like this. Our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. Francis Schaeffer. Francis Schaeffer, brilliant theologian. But at the end of the day, he sort of got this idea. If we as people in the church aren't representing love and belonging and koinos toward the world, our message is just going to fall by the wayside. If we're not the first people to extend love and welcome and belonging, then it doesn't almost matter what we say up here so we're going to continue to lean into that together. And I know some of us have a hard time with that. I think small communities is really hard for people because they're like, they don't want that. It's scary to walk in here. Some of you guys have been new. Like, there's not that many people here. Like, I can probably see you if you're new, and so can everybody else. And there's a high sort of level of openness about that. But I think that's also one of our strengths and values. It also comes in handy when, when you have kids and we rotate our, our Sunday school rotation and we need volunteers for that. Like, you can't hide in the back. Like, I can see you've never volunteered. You know, I'm looking right at you, know, you. You get involved. We've had different people lead worship. We've had different people serve. We're continuing to grow that sort of movement of caring for one another. And so I'm, sort of ex- I'm very excited about that in this season as we come up on a year. I think probably maybe next week's like our year if we're going to call it. But baptism coming up in a couple weeks. We're going to do a big table dinner. We're going to continue to lean into this over another week or two, this Acts 2. Because what we'll see here as the, as the church lives that way it doesn't just keep to itself, but it seems to actually be growing. And people seem to begin to look at it with, with a certain amount of, of favor. So if you're on the outside and feel like you're on the outside and scared, I want to pray for you in, in, in a moment. Uh, if you're one of those people who does not like to share life because you, whatever your issues are, like you're just a guy who would never bring up your flat tire to a group. You'll just fix it on your own. Like I want you to open up with that. If you're a person who has lots of stuff and you don't share it, share your stuff. If you need stuff, let us know. We would love to help you with that right? That's how it works. It's not, it doesn't have to be awkward or complicated. It's not about guilt. It's just about family. And when you're with family, man, you ask all kinds of awkward questions, right? You're just like, all right, I'm just gonna say it. You're my brother. I don't like this, or I need this, or whatever it is. So we're growing this family. So we pray, and uh, do you want to come up here on in a minute and talk about it? But God, thank you for this, uh, this, this afternoon, and thank you for the folks coming out here on a holiday, and, and In the heat, Lord. Lord, I pray for a a blessing and anointing of Koinos community over this congregation, Lord. That we would be a people who readily share stuff and life, good and bad, Lord. That we share our situations with one another, Lord. That those who have plenty would would share with others. Those who are in need would feel comfortable requesting, Lord. Grow this family, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit and we invite you as we, as we wrap up here as we, as we come to the table and break bread together, Lord. Holy Spirit, may you, may you fall on this place. In your name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to neuechurch.com. Again, that website address is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com Thank you for listening and may God bless you and yours.